Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where the shield of faith is stronger than vibranium. So strong. Get that. Get that man a shield. Right? Yeah. I, just, I, I look for any opportunity to say, get that man a shield. It's a great line. When he says it, I'm going to clap. In, in the, the, in the, in the, the theater? Movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get to the news and let's get that man a shield. Uh, speaking of Black Panther, because this mm-hmm. whole episode is about Black Panther, let's, oh. let's get some Black Panther news going on. Speaking of. This is the largest February opening weekend of all time. Hey, it beat out Deadpool. Take that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take that. You Deadpool. You rated R nasty. Uh, $202 million. That's what? That's a Black lot. Black Panther did. Yeah. Great. It's a lot of Harambe's. Yeah. And we know a lot of Bitcoin there. Mm. Uh, how much Bitcoin? About 20 Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a lot less. <laughs> it seems a lot less. Um, pre, yeah. La- largest winter season opening weekend, 202 million. Oh, it's going to say the same number, so I'm not going to read that anymore. No. Uh, largest President's Day weekend, actually 242 million. So that, or that changed. They must uh, have oh, this is a million. Monday. That's more than 20 Bitcoin. What it's am I 200 Bitcoin. Of? 200 Bitcoin. Oh, still yeah. a lot. Not this a lot. doesn't sound yeah, like it doesn't seem much. much. Um, largest Monday. Wait, no, it's not. Monday, Monday. It'd be 2,000. Bitcoin. That seems now like more. Seems oh, like a lot. Okay, now we're <laughs> talking Bitcoin. Wait. Man, I'm no, not. No, that's 20 on, million. Me, yeah, that's a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, Monday. Nobody goes to see movies on, on Monday. Well, not wrong. We did. We went and saw a lot because it's 40 uh, million, million was the largest Monday ever. And then largest Thursday preview. So I love how they call it a preview now. They yeah. used to just release the movie at 12 o'clock midnight. Right. Because then it was actually on the day. Now they go, oh, well, now we're giving a preview. But a preview means like you're getting maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? Or at least like a limited audience. I guess that's a yeah. screening, not a preview. Yeah. yeah. But now they call it preview. So a preview is like, here, we're going to show you the whole thing. So it's really not. Right. A, you a viewed it it's pre. Preview, you're previewing. Stupid. There you go. Uh, anyway, so it's breaking records. Take that, Deadpool. That's what you get. You are rated nasty red man. Wow. Right? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I don't remember you get being that. this uh, aggressively against yeah, Deadpool re- uh, when it first I'm came out. It now. Yeah. Well, I went and saw it when it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. Yeah, I did see it. Uh, Atlanta <laughs> Airport is offering fictional flights to Wakanda, or at least they were. Yeah. So the day of, they were putting it on a uh, screen saying Wakanda coming in. That's cool. That's really neat. Oh, saying they were arriving. Yeah, yeah, they arriving. Yeah, it was fake just, no, tickets. no, they weren't still. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those people when they woke up in the real Africa, they right. were they were none too happy. They're like, I guess this is Wakanda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's the technology? Mm, yeah, hidden. Uh, they did this with Lost. If you'll remember back when Lost came out, they did Oceanic Flight eight fifteen. Wow. And they really crashed the planes on dessert. It was really quite wonderful. That, so that's yeah. a different. It's it was awkward business the way they, move. Yeah, it was <laughs> a lot of a lot of money went down the drain. Uh, NASA's new spacesuit has a built-in toilet. What? Which, yeah. What came before that? I don't, that's what, I, this is what blows my mind. Because I read this headline and I thought, what were they doing before? I guess you had diapers? to hold it until you got back. No, no, no. Diapers. Diapers. It has to be space, but they were NASA diapers, like space right. diapers. Uh, the, the new suits are called the Orion, this is so dumb, the Orion Crew Survival System Suits, or OCSSS. Uh, S, 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 so you S, just say, S, I'm going to put on my ox. My ox. Are you wearing your ox? <laughs> and you just hold the S for a while. Uh, they'll be worn by astronauts on NASA's next generation human spacecraft. <laughs> Whoa. This is just a, Wait, a human spacecraft? Yeah, opposed to a monkey spacecraft, I guess. <laughs> which will be able to carry. Oh, this is interesting. It'll be able to carry humans well beyond low Earth orbit. Mm. While the vehicle isn't big enough to support a nine month trip to Mars. Apparently, that's as long. That's all it takes. Is that right? 
I, I don't know. That's what it said. Nine month trip. That's crazy. I used How to think it took like years. Before? I don't know. Why are we why are we wasting our time with the moon? Let's go to Mars. Well. Uh, Orion could carry humans around the moon and back. Around the moon and back. So we're not going to the moon. We're going around it right. and back. To say uh, hey. Yeah, I renamed these suits. So instead of ox, yeah. I've renamed them octopus. Okay. O-C-T. What would that stand for? Uh, the Orion Crew Toilet Outhouse Pants Underwear Suit. <laughs> the, <laughs> Which yeah, go, is a much better name. Give that, give that a little slower. Let's give the Orion Crew uh-huh. OC <laughs> Toilet Outhouse Pants Underwear Suit. Which is much better than ox, like yeah, a snake. Be, uh, put on your octopus. Yeah, put on your octopus. Hey, were you wearing your octopus? <laughs> I don't smell. You don't smell bad anymore. You wearing your octopus now? Is the word toilet and outhouse in that? Yeah, toilet acronym? outhouse because mm-hmm. they're different systems. Yeah. Sure. Um, here's the weird thing. I've been reading about the Orion, so I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were doing this. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're just making everything up. Like it literally. They keep going. They keep going. Oh, we're going to be able to to go past Earth's orbit. And we're really we're doing all these tests to make sure the the you know the spaceship can come back into Earth's orbit. I'm like, what? We've already done this, right? And we did it supposedly. Ah, here I'm coming at it. We did this like what 40 years ago? Yeah, 50 years ago. So what? What? Like they're acting like all of a sudden now we have more technology, more stuff, and we're just now putting toilets in spacesuits. <laughs> Does any is this are any alarms going off here for anybody else? So I'm just saying. <laughs> If this is not our first rodeo, why are we treating it like our first rodeo? I'll tell you why. Because real men they never went back in the real space program knew how to hold it. <laughs> they knew how to, that's right. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, they look at Neil Armstrong's like, I'm not going until I hit the moon, baby. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go on Earth. Neil, and I'm that's, gonna hold it. That's days. And I'm gonna come a, back. That's a long trip. Uh, that's fine with me. I'm not going. You ever in been a in the woods? I'm in the moon. Neil, please wear this octopus. No, no, thank you. <laughs> that has toilet and outhouse in it. <laughs> There's a major biblical discovery that just happened. Uh, maybe you've heard of this. Is this real? Yeah, this is real. Correct. Archaeologists may have found the prophet Isaiah. Do you say Isaiah or Isaiah? Isaiah. Isaiah. That's how normal I'm an say. American. Isaiah's signature. Oh, Isaiah's signature. <laughs> they may have found Isaiah, prophet Isaiah's signature uh, <laughs> in his octopus suit. <laughs> Um, archaeologists in Israel say that they have found a clay seal mark that may bear the signature of the biblical prophet Isaiah. What? <laughs> Why? This is cool. Isn't that a fairly common name? No. Well, in the but no, no, but this is, it said like the whole signature was like, this is prop. This is the prophet Isaiah. This is the Isaiah prophet. Yeah, this is the guy. I wrote these books. Well, and the other thing too, it's it, this whole, uh, this is 20, all right, so let me keep reading here. The 2,700-year-old yeah. stamped clay artifact was found during an excavation at the foot of the southern wall of Jerusalem's Temple Mount. So they found other stuff here talking about he- King Hezekiah. Hmm. And King Hezekiah was right. around the same time with Isaiah. Yes. So this is what's all linking it together. So hello, knock, knock, knock. Once again, the Bible's like, hey, I've, I've been right this whole time. And we're all like, yeah. And then archaeologists are like, we'll see. You know, <laughs> Oh, but what's this? They're like, we need to find a few more things before we can start believing into this, mm-hmm. this gobbledygook. That's what they said. Now, that's not totally true. Archaeologists are in support of the no, Bible as a historical not one. narrative. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. they are. Okay. No, scientists are like, me. Meh. I imagine they're all in their labs like, we must destroy this. Probably Physicists, yeah, you're right. And biologists, you're dead on. I don't think archaeologists. You know, speaking about scientists, this yeah. is a great segue. Good. Stanford researchers. So as they're plotting, right? Stanford researchers have just successfully created a human sheep hybrid in the hopes of growing human organs within. Weenu, 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 weenu. And then their next plan is to destroy all biblical archaeology. 
Yeah. So the question, Jeremy, is, is this a bad idea? It seems... You seem a little sheepish. Like a bad idea for you. <laughs> you seem sheepish. You. Uh, I think people will flock to this idea. Oh. A bunch of sheeple, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the same sheeple that believe in the moon yeah. that we went to learn. The big the, problem is that human organs can come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> and this could sheep up to be something <laughs> bad. I mean, if I end up needing a transplant, I hope they don't force me to have one against my wool. Uh, these puns. Are this could really ram up against what the Bible says, Jeremy. A pile of sheep. It's, it's, that's pretty good. It sounds like scientists are trying to pull the wool over our eyes as well. Mm. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> so that's bad. the news. We shouldn't, we shouldn't hybrid bad. human anything. No, this is horrible. It's going to knock right? This right. Is enough. Why are we being silly about this? I don't know. What is wrong with us? Well, we have puns. bad people. <laughs> uh, no, this is this seems like a horrible idea. Like, well, I man, I'm torn on this. I'm mm. torn, Jeremy. Okay, because we've done rip it. Torn. Sh- like, I'm rip torn on this, baby. Um, because if this saves lives, like that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not really f- changing the sheep into like a human sheep. It's right. just making their pancreas like a human pancreas, <laughs> right? Man, I'm torn on this. Because if it could save somebody's life, like I'm pro-life, I'm all about that. Sure. Right? And it's an animal. Like, ugh. Right. We've done this before with pigs. They've made a human-pig hybrid. Yeah. So they can use pig stomachs or something. It obviously know. is okay to harvest a sheep pancreas. Yeah. It's just a little bit strange. That it's human. That there's human DNA. Yeah. I'm yeah. weird. It's weird. It's weird, man. I think the I think the weird thing is it's a slippery slope. Like, what's next? Like, sheep right. are going to start talking to me and tell me, like, yeah. this is a bad idea. It's going to be Kramer's pig man. Yeah, That's the, pig, gonna the pig man. Pig man, Jeremy. Jerry, pig man. <laughs> he was just a psychiatric patient. Let's get to the main event. That's all the news. That's that's some good news. That's, well, yeah, good okay. and bad news. That's eh, whatever. It's whatever I thought was uh, <laughs> prickly. I looked at the news. I was like, ooh, this is prickly. Uh, so let's talk Black Panther. So Jeremy and I have seen it. I've yes. seen it, Trace. You've seen it, Duo, Duo for our Spanish listeners. <laughs> uh well, we're going to do a lot of different stuff. We're going to talk about the film itself. We're going to talk about the characters. Uh, we want to talk. We want to get a little controversial well, if we can. We're gonna, we want to be frank. We want to be frank. Yes. We don't want to be Jeremy and Heath anymore. <laughs> we want to be frank. Frank one. Uh, we're going to talk two. turkey. There's going to be a lot of turkey talking. <laughs> a lot of turkey. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Jeremy's turned into a human sheep hybrid. Uh, we're going to be frank. And and so here's our full disclosure. Yep. Okay. We're not going to walk on eggshells. We're going to come at this with humility, understanding, because uh, I had I have heard both things of this. Like people left Black Panther and they were like, well, there's an agenda. And then people went in, you know, didn't didn't say that, whatever. And so we're going to talk about kind of how we came at it. So my first reaction was Mm -hmm. I went in uh, assuming there would be some sort of, I don't know, agenda or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, But as I walk in and this is where we're not walking on eggshells, we're just going to talk. Okay, I walked in and I saw entire black families mm-hmm. grandparents little kid i mean people you would never see at movies like 70 year old 80 year old people you wouldn't see it at a, at a marvel movie at a marvel movie right. like crazy and they're taking pictures in front of the black panther logo yeah. and this is not one or two families this is everybody's doing it right uh they're wearing their hashikis they're wearing their african garb all sorts it's it was this beautiful thing where i walked i'm going to see it by myself mm-hmm. and i'm just sitting there in line and i could not get a stupid smile off my face. I thought this is, this is something beautiful happening here. And I'm just here. Right. I'm just here going to see this movie. So I went in going, well, maybe there's something here, whatever. I just, then I went in the movie, just smile on my face. Yeah. And so I left that first time going, what a, just a cool, this is so cool. And Mm -hmm. everybody clap. I mean, we were at the credits 
and people are clapping for names that are coming up on the screen. <laughs> and I'm looking around just clapping with them like, this is incredible. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker, well done. This is incredible, right? Chadwick Boseman, let's do it, let's do it. This is great. I mean, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So then I saw it two more times, mm-hmm. right? I went with my youth kids and I went with my wife. Um, so that was where I came at it. Now, Jeremy had a different... Your first one. So my first... Well, I, I didn't have any concept of the i i just went in thinking marvel movie yeah like i do yeah i wasn't reading anything up about it i didn't watch any trailers i've avoided trailers ever since uh they ruined ragnarok for me oh yeah so i just i see the original theatrical trailer and then i avoid all of the trailers very like wise. the plague very wise i don't read articles so i'm just going to a movie um and i did notice that uh that the majority of the theater was black and it i recognized in my head that that's not normal so we live in virginia uh, where there's a a significant black population, yeah, uh, not majority for most of the parts of the state, but significant. So it's not like odd. Uh, when I grew no. up, I was in Utah, and it would have been it Very would have been odd. impossible because yeah. you would have had to have the whole Utah Jazz team in the theater <laughs> in order for that to to happen. But but uh, but here that's very normal. But I did notice that there were there were more black people out to support it. Um, but I'm watching the movie, and when Killmonger gets uh, his introduction scene. Oh, when, we should say there's going to be spoilers in this. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, yeah. we're just we're not even going to bother with spoilers. We're just going to let it all out. Yeah, so, yeah. Even that warning was inappropriate because we're doing spoilers. I know we are doing spoilers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm That's just kidding. all you get. Uh, so yeah, Killmonger's initial scene where he's introduced in the museum and he says something about uh, how he's going to take it. He tells the curator, yeah. "I'm going to take the the uh, hammer." Just like you took it from my people, meaning yeah. the white people, yeah, because he's talking to a white woman. And as soon as that scene went off, I was like, "Oh, what the? Like this go. is the, oh, there's an agenda." <laughs> and it put me on guard all of a sudden, where I I was no longer watching a movie. I was doing two things: I was watching a movie, and I was trying to make sure that I was protected. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, protected. I I wanted to make sure that I was aware. I didn't want to be taken. Uh, for a ride yeah yeah caught where, in the yeah where the story's gonna take me where it wants to take me emotionally and I'm not aware of it I gotcha so I all of a sudden was on guard and for the rest of the movie I'm like okay so this has anti-white and you're uh, watching tones. for that yeah and that's what I was looking for is kind of ready to be offended which uh, I guess I'll keep going yeah 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 so I talked to a lot of people about it. And you it. hated it. You told me you hated it. You I said I didn't like, like it. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I just didn't say I hated it. Well, on Facebook, you said I hated it. No. <laughs> I'm like, no maybe. maybe well, look it up. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I said that. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Uh, I was very concerned yeah. about it. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up, I waited a week. I didn't read a lot, but I did talk to quite a few people about my impressions on it, mostly with Heath. Yep. Because he's my Marvel buddy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I went back again, uh, I guess just about a week later, and I went and I'm like, I'm just going to watch this movie as a movie. And I, you know, I'll pay attention, obviously, but I'm I'm going to try to not go in with any of my uh, guard up and yeah. just be willing to just see the story. They're not going to dupe me into thinking something I don't think this time. <laughs> just dun, dun, dun. Uh, and I had a very different experience. All the uh, the anti-white stuff that I thought was there was super inflated in my mind. There's like three statements that could be construed or misconstrued as an anti-white, and all of them were super soft jokes. They were not like... Colonists. Yeah, they were not strong, serious things. Yeah. Um, I took them that way the first time because I was ready to be offended, which is, I'm embarrassed, very embarrassed now, 
Yeah. I don't know. I've got a lot more to say, but yeah. I don't want to take the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, well, we have plenty. Of, yeah, uh, I think I think the thing is in America in 2018, all of us are on guard mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, man, we gotta fight that. Like we yeah. gotta really fight that. Like we turn on the news, and we depending on which news station you want to watch, right. you're ready yeah. to be not indoctrinated, but you're ready to get the news you want to get here, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Without saying news names, but that's the way we are in 2018, and. So this in these terms, racist and all these things are thrown around a lot. Right. Um, and I think these we have buzzwords that we're ready to hear. We have trigger words. Mm-hmm. White privilege mm-hmm. is a trigger word. People, right. you hear that? Oh, okay, here we go. Right. And then they start trying to justify everything. Well, well, white privilege. This guy grew up on this side, blah, you know. And every we want to justify everything. Right. Right. You hear Black Lives Matter, and people go, Oh, well, here we go. Well, you know what? Blue lives matter. Well, you mm-hmm. know, well, what, what, white lives matter, don't matter now? Right. And we have to, we have to try to parse everything out and justify everything out instead of hearing what, what is really being said. Yeah. Right. It, it getting underneath what's really being said. And I had that exact experience because yeah. I heard things in my first viewing that I went back to see if they were there and they weren't there. I heard things that did not exist. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you, when you hear colonists, like she's saying it as a joke, sure he says it as a joke. Yeah. If you go back in history, guess what? Colonists. Colon- they they really were colon- she was she was saying as a joke, but it was a fact that yeah. they had colonized Africa. Right. And not only that, the church, the Catholic Church had moved in and was calling black people heathens. Right. And take I mean, so this is our history, whether we want to talk about it or not. And I was thinking about this the other day. If you go back to 1776, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that's only like what, 200, 300? Like barely that's barely any amount of time right. from from where we are now. Uh, and so I like this, uh, you know, I love, I love this idea that when people will go, oh, well, we're so far past, we've moved past that we're mm-hmm. done, right? right? We went through the civil rights. We're done. We're done with all that. It's like, really? Yeah. Really? Because we're still having the same arguments we had 50, 40, 60, you know, seven, we still have the same arguments. Uh, I right? would say, I would say we have the same types of arguments. Yeah. yeah They're well, definitely not fair. the same arguments. Yeah. And so I, and I've, I've heard the distinction made once before where somebody said uh, a racist is somebody who's in power who can make change and doesn't. That's a racist. And then somebody else has said, um, but somebody who is prejudiced is somebody who doesn't really have a lot of power. Like, I'm not a senator, uh-huh. uh, but I do have prejudices. And we all have prejudices, right? Even at, let's, let's say my wife was uh, black, uh-huh. right? Or African-American or whatever, you know, whatever right. you prefer to say. Let's say that. I, I, that doesn't stop me from still disliking Mexican people right. or, still, or still even being prejudiced against white people or being prejudiced against anybody. Yeah. There's so many definition problems when we start talking about something like this, because prejudice means, yeah, prejudice doesn't mean racial prejudice. Yeah. Prejudice is a real word that has its own separate meaning apart from racial prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about prejudices. I know, but we got to be specific. Exactly. Otherwise, we lose language. And in 2018, so here's the thing when I was trying to say, in 2018, we, we all, the new thing is you yell and you talk over people and if you say, well, let me let me kind of parse this out. This is why people like Jordan Peterson. Okay, yeah. He wants to parse out things and he wants to say, well, let's talk about what you're talking about when you say this. Yes. Or so and so. And they go, well, no, 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 no. You just tell me yes or no. Right. And he says, no, no, no. This We have to talk about what I mean because I'm really not saying what you're saying. It yes. sounds like that, but it's not. And so as white people, Mexican people, you know, all sorts of yellow skin, blue, whatever <laughs> skin you are, we all are. Sometimes we talk over ourselves and we go to the news media to try to see these inflated things that are being blown out of proportion. Like, 
like there are tons of Black Lives Matter people who have really good intentions and really wanted to peacefully protest. Started out that way. And then the news shows you the few people who are, you know, looting or whatever. And then it blows up in this big thing. Antifa, all these guys, these people go out there and they do these horrible things. And if you're going to say that there's one or two people who are really are just trying to make change, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's really people who really want to protest and make change. The other problem in America is that protesting does, zit, you know, jack squat nowadays. Right. Uh, and so people get frustrated, which I completely understand. These kids are from Parkland shooting, right? They're going to go walk and march. And uh, we've seen this happen, you know, years down the road. We'll go, do you remember when they marched? What changed? What happened? Right. Because our system is so broken. Yeah. It's really broken. And it used to be back in the day, you could protest or you could sign petitions and things would change. You could march on Washington. Nowadays, nothing happens because our, our politicians are really broken. I'm not meaning like, I'm not trying to be g- generic and throw the baby <laughs> out with the bathwater. Some, you know, maybe one or two things, you know, do happen, but I'm saying large change that has been built into our system for 200, 100 something years. That takes, that takes a long time to get rid of. Yeah. Right? I, I think you can spread that, the idea that the system is broken around because you've also got people protesting things that they have no business protesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People that's just ridiculous. That this is a concern. Yeah. So once again, like in 2018, everybody wants to protest everything mm-hmm. because that's what we've been doing. So of course the protest is going to become ineffective because yeah. we're protesting how people treat their dogs. Yeah. We're or, protesting every, I mean, everything's being a protest. And so it all becomes white noise. Yeah. And, and sadly, Wait, what? white, oh, <laughs> see? but sadly enough, this is what the shootings are becoming too. It's we're becoming yeah. numb as a culture and we're becoming just, it's just another day. Yeah. Just another day, white noise in America, and it's just buzz, you know, and, and the politicians aren't listening. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know what the solution is. So, so here's what I, so getting back to the movie, right? <laughs> I mean, like I said, this is going to be a little controversial, and I'm sure people are listening to this in a little awkward, a little, you know, prickly. Right. Uh, well, that's good. Maybe. Good. Yeah. Sure, maybe not. Maybe not listen. Uh, as Christians, mm-hmm. I come to this movie, and I am immediately want to be, I want to hear what people are saying. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to hear without being I'm not talking about being like a pushover. Like I'm not going to come in and just be pushed over. Yeah. Um, but I there are legitimate, you know, black brothers and sisters who are telling me who I hear all the time. They say this is real. Right. This is how I feel. Right. And for me to go, well, haha, no, you don't feel the way I'm like, really a spirit empowered person. Somebody who I know is a believer is sitting there telling me how they feel. And I'm supposed to just blow that off. Right. And so I think a movie like this is so powerful because the whole the whole message of it is that we are one tribe, really, as humanity. We're one tribe. Well, there's so many messages. I can't say one message. Right. But but that's the you know the resonating theme at the end is that we are one tribe, and at the end of the day, we need to watch out for each other. And we're going to talk back about as Christianity as one tribe. Right. Uh, once we swing back around, um, let's so. go through the movie. Yeah, let's we go through a, the movie. We need a break oh, man, the there's so much serious. to talk about. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is let's talk about the characters. Who's yeah. your favorite character in the movie? Uh, interestingly, I, I guess the, I like M'Baku a lot. Yeah, M'Baku the man ape. Uh, when I saw Ooh. him the second time, yeah, I was like, he's awesome because he yeah. he's always playing by the rules. Somebody said that he's an anti-hero. I don't think so. No, like he's just a side hero. Like he's he's looking out for his tribe. Tradition. He wants tradition. Yeah, he saw an opportunity for the throne. It was all within the rules. That's the way it's supposed to work. It's not disrespectful yep. for him to challenge for the throne. 
And he's right. Sure, he looks at Shuri and he says, this little girl who has no respect for tradition, she's sitting there going, come on, let's get this over with. Let's right. get it done. Yeah. And she's, you know, and she's super smart. And so she comes off as cocky. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, man, I'm about to show this girl what's up. Right. You know, and he would have been he, like, if he had one, he would have been respectful to them. Right. He would have followed procedure. I don't think he would have yeah. killed them or knocked them out like Killmonger would have done. Like right. they, they have to legitimately no, flee. Because I, th- I think he loved. Well, I mean, he's from the outside tribe. I think there's a lot of his character that we don't know. Yeah. Uh, that obviously. the comic book readers would. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think he's a straight up villain in the comics. Oh, he is. But he, <laughs> yeah. Man, I, yeah. But he didn't come up, come out that way in the movie. And uh, like all his little jokes, I thought were way funny. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, vegan, I'm going to feed you to my children. Yeah. And then he I'm says, kidding, I'm just kidding. They're, they're vegans. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just starts laughing at himself for like 10 <laughs> yeah. seconds. It was and so, all his guards are sitting there like dead. So funny. Yeah. His throne room is way cool with all the uh, oh, yeah. the bamboo uh, yeah. horizontal pipes. I don't yeah. know. He was my favorite. Yeah. And it's cool because too, like the tribes, four tribes were like, yeah, let's embrace modernism. Let's embrace technology, all this stuff. And right. he's like, nah, we're going to go back to our, we want, we want our initial roots. Hmm. We're going to stick with it. Yeah. And there's still technology going on there. You can tell. But you can see that they've really, they've distanced themselves to the point where they're lonely almost in a way. Like Umbaku's yeah. really willing to jump back in. And at the very end of the movie, he's on the council. Mm-hmm. You see him in the throne room in the council. Oh, now. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Mumbali is gone. The other, the bad guy's gone. Uh-huh. And now he's moved in in his spot. So that's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So now the Jubali. The, the tribe's back. The tribes are back. Fifth uh, tribe. So that's cool. They've reunited all the tribes now. Uh, my favorite character is Shuri, just because she is hilarious and i can't wait to to have tony stark and her team up like matt can you yeah. imagine the like that that scene of her and him like going back and forth on tech yeah that's gonna be awesome it'll be super interesting to see how much of the black because they're so close together how much of black yeah. panther comes into uh infinity war and i guess a lot because they're gonna be in wakanda. they're in wakanda fighting and the tribes yeah. are going to battle that'll be pretty sweet it's gonna be sweet uh okoye was great um Andy Serkis and Freeman, the Tolkien white guys, right? I've seen that going around the Tolkien. What? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Because Serkis was Gollum and uh, Freeman was the Hobbit. Exactly, Hobby. exactly. They're almost, uh, I thought about this as I saw it multiple times. If you have Killmonger and uh, Black Panther as sides of a coin, mm-hmm. which you can see that, mm-hmm. you really have Serkis and Freeman as two sides of a coin too. You oh, have yeah. the black, uh, the the what is it, um, like the black market side of it. Okay. And then you have the CIA which is supposed to be the up and up legitimate side of it, but sure. they're both doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, but one's good and one's evil, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they both come at Wakanda differently. Hmm. Like uh, Martin Freeman's very accommodating. He really likes Black Panther. Like yeah. he's, he really does he, think he talks a, about how much he respects him. He respects him. Yeah. And when he's in that, that culture, he's willing to, he, Mbaku looks at him and he goes, yep. And he knows exactly. He turns around. He's willing to shut up when right. he's told to. I mean, he just, he kind of is just there. He did right. just get barked at right before yeah, that. Yeah. So, but he he's there, like he's there to help. And and there's this really cool moment where they look at him and they say, "We need you." Yeah. Like we're counting on you to help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other side, you have Andy Serkis who plays Claw, Ulysses mm-hmm. Claw, and he calls them heathens and savages. And right. he's like, "You, you know, he thinks they're just monsters." Yeah. Uh, when they're the exact opposite of that, right. he's reflecting himself onto other people. Exactly. I think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, it, so, did he have yeah. any CGI done for? Th- for his character is is he that built up? Oh, he's that ripped. Cuz he does not look like that. You know, but I think in he, anything else that I've seen. I think he's ripped himself up for that for the apes to play cuz he does all the mocap for Planet of the Apes. So oh. I think in order to cl- crawl around like that and move like a monkey you got to be. Yeah, his his neck looks he's, like he's always been a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah he's huge. He's it's huge. crazy. Um let's talk about the two main guys, Black Panther 
Mm-hmm. What do you think about he, he? I think Chadwick yeah. Boseman's great. Uh, I was not. I didn't realize that he was an American until I saw him do an oh, interview. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, great. And I've I didn't watch interviews beforehand, so I just saw that afterwards. So his his accent seems solid. Yeah. I'm not like uh, real versed on African accents, but. I thought he did a great we, job. We have a guy in our church who's actually from Africa. Yes. And I told from him. From Malawi. I told him the other day, I said, you sound just like Black Panther. Like the accent is that yeah. good. Like it's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, I thought he did a fantastic job. He does seem like noble. He seems uh, he, yeah, like he's a, concerned. A gravitas to him. Like he's yeah. on a scene and he, you're just like, you kind of, you really want him to win. You're yeah. Like, you believe that he can fight the way he does. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, he's great. And Killmonger, he's kind of like. He's kind of this weird character because you you I kind of like him at points and then I kind of like I kind of get where he's coming from at moments and then at the very end I'm like nah he's off the reservation man yeah so I want to make a big deal about yeah. this because we always complain that the villains are not believable yes yeah and he is absolutely believable like not just like oh I could see that but you actually can he make, see he, that he it could, makes sense why he's angry yeah you can see why he's evil yeah and you kind of go well he shouldn't be evil but man. If that's if something's going to make somebody evil, it's this this yeah. experience, and yeah. we we kind of only get a hint of you know what his life was like after his dad died, but but he grows up an orphan, right, in Oakland, California. Well, where's his mom? It's, remember, he fell in love with a girl, but they had to keep it secret. So I would assume so he grows she's gone. up. Yeah, I would assume she's gone. Well, that's not cool. I know. So so I mean, the poor guy. <laughs> Moms, so, stick around. These are your babies. Yeah, and he grows up with anger and hatred. There's this super sad moment where. Um, he he goes to the astral plane or whatever you want to call it, right. and he encounters his father. And his father, it's almost this moment where his dad realizes he's failed. Oh yeah, and he looks at him, and a tear comes down. And he goes, "No tears for me." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, we everybody dies around here." Right, you around here, you get used to that. Yeah, and that's so. I mean, that's you, you think about like, man, we you know Richmond used to be a really rough place downtown. Yeah, and a lot of death in Chicago. There's still shooting and death and stuff. And so if you grew up in that a hood, right, or anything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. you would have had that experience. And so I feel, man, Killmonger is like, I get that. Totally get his character. Right. Um, and at the end, so the the political moment, if you want to get political, right, there's this end at the very end where he kills himself and he pulls out the blade and he says, I'd rather, you know, jump like my ancestors jumped off the ships because they knew that death was better than being a slave. Than captivity. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and you, could, you could prickle at that, right? You could sit there and go, well, uh, you know, but... But, but I don't know why you would. Why and I don't know why you? I did. Yeah, why would you? Because that's that's the that's harsh real. that's the harsh reality. Yeah, that's actually he, he's people talking actually about, jumped off of shit. Yeah, he's talking about real people who right. killed themselves in order to stop not be a slave. I will say well, I'll say plainly. Yeah. I think it's I think that all of us have the opportunity to leave the distant past behind us and have let it let it not have control over us. Not um, forget it. That's not what not you're forget saying. it. Absolutely yeah, exactly. not. And not pretend like it's insignificant. But don't give it control. Yeah. You. Uh, this. The society has enough um, influence on you. You don't need to grasp for the past to control your life. Well, and this is that's actually a massive theme in the movie because yeah. it's this idea of the sins of the father carrying over to the son. Yep. And Black Panther says, "I'm not gonna. No, I'm stopping the cycle mm-hmm. right here." And he looks at all the Black Panthers. He says, "You're all wrong." He says, every single one of you were wrong. You blocked out the outside. You had this built into your children. Think about Mumbai. He looks at me and he says, what? You want to start letting the refugees in? Right. What? They're going to change our culture. We can't mm-hmm. let them touch our bubble. Right. Literally, they're in a bubble. Yes. Okay? They're in a giant bubble. Uh, and then, and what do we do as Americans? Like, we we say we should be letting, you know, we should 
as a as a Christian, I want to let the refugees in. Yeah. I want to help these little. I mean, you look at the Syria just experienced one of the worst bombings. Like out of, out of all their civil war, the seven years I think civil war they've been doing, they've had mm-hmm. this constant bombings, and I think like it was just really bad the other day. Yeah. Uh, and you look at these pictures of these little kids with blood on their faces, and you go, well, ugh. right? Like, oh man, we should let them in, right? I mean, I mean, let's 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 go through the process, let's do some stuff, but let's. I don't want to sit there and go, well, they're going to change our culture. They could be bad. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I think it's probably, there's a bunch of potential faults. Yeah. Yeah. There well, once again, yeah. Like it's not, I don't think most people are worried about culture changing because we like embrace the idea of melting pot. Now we're Americans. Well, we used to more than we do now, I think. I don't know. I mean, you, you think about like the Irish, uh, oh, yeah. uh, slums right yeah, yeah. i mean gangs it, in new york yeah i wouldn't say that we embraced it then and don't now i think it's similar but I, people are worried about safety yeah now that's their primary concern that, you're right you're they're, right they're worried that you're going to let in all these poor kids and everyone loves the kids but alongside with them is going to come that kid's uncle who, who hates america yeah and there's terrorists right everywhere yeah um and i that can't be brushed aside in favor of it, it can't be brushed aside in the sense that you have to listen and understand where that person is actually coming from rather than framing it in. Well, you just want white America Yeah, because that's not true. Yeah. There's a few people for sure that are, are like that where they, you know, they're going to Aryan race, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but the most, most people that are, you know, they don't even understand why they don't want it, Yeah, but they're scared. They're yeah, just scared. Yeah, I think, and I and I think, like, so all of this, man, all of this comes back to a heart issue. For a Christian, at least, I have to always, I have to put everything through the Bible, mm-hmm. and I have to look at my own heart and go, what is my pushback on this? Yeah. Right? And when I think about refugees, ultimately, my pushback is because, I, I'm, you know, I want safety. Right. And if you always see that, they'll go, well, let's let's talk about M&Ms. Would you eat 100 M&Ms if there was one bad poisonous one in there? Mm-hmm. And and you're I'm gonna say you're comparing M and M's to human lives, like really? <laughs> I've never you know? heard that. <laughs> uh, well, that's what people would say. You know, well, don't you lock your door at night? You know, why would you? You know, so right. they all use all these silly arguments. And the whole thing I want to look at them and go, these are what? What if they were your children? Yeah, wouldn't you do anything to get these kids? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you do anything for your children? I would do anything. Yeah, for my child to get him safe. Well, and we both right? said fear is the problem. Yeah, and yeah, the Christian the Christian is free from fear. We exactly. we still suffer from it. <clears throat> Uh, but it's at our own peril and it, and yeah. the peril of our brothers that we're supposed to love Yeah, uh, and just humanity, right? We're supposed to be compassionate. And yeah. if you hold on to fear, you're not going to be able to be compassionate and you have nothing to fear. Yeah. So terrorists uh, destroy America. That's great. We have a king that's coming back. Yeah. And he's going to make uh, it all better. Everything will be perfect. So what are you afraid of? Yeah. Well, here here is this article I read on um, Gospel Coalition by this guy named Kyle Mann, who's actually like the lead editor of Babylon Bee or something. So it's a very serious article for the Babylon Bee guy. He says, who are we as Americans? Are we to take American ideals to the far reaches of the earth or is celebrating the free trade of diverse knowledge and ideas more consistent with who we are? Wakanda becomes a mirror for us to think long and hard about the kind of nation we have been and might be. Uh, We talk a lot about American exceptionalism. Uh, and then, you know, how Trump has kind of started this thing where he goes, well, we've, we need to start thinking more about America and putting Americans first. And right. that's okay. He's the, he's the guy, he's the president. Right. So that makes sense for that. Yeah. But I want to come at this as Christians, right? What are Christians supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I, in my, in the perfect world, I think every little church that pops up in every little community should shape that community. 
Yeah. Like we should be out there in that community. We should be helping the people. We should know our neighbors. We should do all this stuff. And this really harkens to corporate responsibility, which, you know, it's all over the Bible. And some people don't like that. I really like corporate responsibility because it holds me accountable for not only my sins, but for the sins of stuff I can change. Mm. Right. And so, uh, not to get too far off the track, but there's this wonderful passage, uh, in the old Testament and the law. I think it, man, I think it's in uh, Leviticus something, but it talks about what happens if you find a body mm. and you don't know who killed him. Right. And, and it's really this long strenuous thing where you have to go to a river and you have to, kill a heifer and you have to do all this stuff. You have to get all the leaders of town and you have to apologize. You have to ask God for forgiveness for whoever killed this guy. Right. And it's this corporate idea that we're responsible for what happens in our cities. Yeah. So, you know, we live, like Jeremy said, we live right outside of Richmond. Like, why am I not praying for Richmond all the time? Mm-hmm. I, so, and so when I hear things on the news of police getting shot or people, ki- you know, getting shot or stores being robbed, really, like, if I wanted to, I could be down in Richmond helping things. Right. I could. And so the fact that I don't means in a small way, like I'm not trying to drag this out and make everybody responsible, blah, blah, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying personally, in my own heart, I need to be praying yeah. for Richmond right. and I need to be getting my hands dirty and, you know, I need to be out there doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what Wakanda really gets at is that they put themselves in a bubble for all those hundreds of years and Killmonger shows up and goes, what is he says? There's like 2 billion people looks like us out right. there dying. Right. And you're sitting in here a bubble. And that really touched me. It affected me because I sat there and go, how many brothers and sisters am I, you know, why am I not praying for more people? Why am I not doing more, I guess? And it's not in, you know, the Christian's life's not about doing more or anything, but it's about working with what God's given you. Yeah. And then you see T'Challa at the end, he, the, the, the difference where T'Challa ends up and where Killmonger starts is that they, uh, they end up doing the same thing by a different means. So what Killmonger wants is for you to go out there and help all the people that look like us. With but guns. What he means is oppress the oppressors. Yeah. And what T'Challa ends up deciding to do is that he wants Pay to go out for and cent, help basically. the people, all the people. Yeah. Including the ones that look like us. Uh, but he wants to do that by helping. And, but not. But the thing is, key thing is not by imposing right. himself. He says, I'm not the king of the world. Yeah, I'm the king of Wakanda. Right. Right. And the king of Wakanda can do these things to help the world. Yeah. In the same way, like Donald Trump's not the president of the world. Right. Uh, America has plenty of problems that we need to, we really do need to be facing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but there, but if we can provide aid and if we can provide food, if we can do stuff, let's do it. Yeah. Right. Let's, tr- let's do what we can with what we have uh, while also maintaining, you know, easier said than done. But once again, the system is broken. Yeah. Well, and as Christians, we don't have to worry about the system. Like, I think we fuel way too much energy into, or we put way too much energy into trying to fix the system. Yeah. Just do your life. Yeah. In a way that, you know, love God, love your neighbor. Right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I used Fast to, um, stuff says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I once had this idea that we, we as the church, we outsource quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we send homeless people down to the shelters and, and there's something to institutionalize. They have, they have systems in place, right? right to help up. people. Yeah. But how much is it just us pushing somebody off when we could help more? Right. So, so this once again, goes back to my heart. Like I need to constantly be cycling through my heart going, what is Heath being sinful here? Is, is it because I'm, I, I'm scared of that guy. Right. Right. Is it be scared because I'm, he will make me uncomfortable or she'll make me uncomfortable. Or is it because, I really need to help. You know, I have to think about this. Yeah. And a lot of people don't 
want to do that. I don't want to do it. It makes me feel uncomfortable to have to judge myself and yeah. sit there you know, and, and look at my own sin and go, Heath, what's wrong with you, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you say that about that person? Yeah. Um, so before we move on really quick, go, you know, full disclosure here. I grew up in the South. I grew up in the panhandle of Florida mm-hmm. uh, and there was a ton of racism there. Yeah. Right. A ton of prejudice. And I grew up with my friends and we would joke around and say really nasty things about other races. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't just black people. It was, we made fun of everybody, but it was really awful. Yeah. Uh, and, and whether we knew it or not, like I had no clue what we were doing, but what we were doing is it was built into our culture. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it was just weird. And so I have to, you know, looking back now, I have to repent of that. I yeah. really do. Right. Cause those um, are actual actions that you, Oh yeah. Real yeah, actions. And your, whether I knew it or not, my heart was saying that right out of the mouth, your heart speaks is what yeah, the Bible says. Right. And my heart was speaking and I wasn't listening. And so I have to repent. And so both black brothers and, and, you know, white brothers, we all have to come together and we have to lay our cards on the table and say, well, we've, there's mistakes. There have been a lot of mistakes here. Right. Uh, and we have to admit our past. There was this wonderful thing I, that was happening at a church around here called race and culture. Uh, and we were talking about Jeremy and I are in the PCA denomination. Mm-hmm. And just within the last 40, 30 years, it, it's, I feel like 30s, even too long almost, you know, uh, but even like black people were not allowed in seminaries. To take classes. You, you think 30 years ago? 40. It may have been 30 or 40. But I remember hearing that and I, I wept yeah. in the thing, in the, in the race and culture meeting. And I sat there listening and I go, what? Like, really? Right. This is what was happening in America? Like, it just blew my mind in how ignorant I was to that. Right. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. And so part of this, man, part of Black Panther was it was just this beautiful mirror where I could look at my own sin, look at my own heart and go, look at the... I don't know. It's just cool. It was a cultural moment that was really mm-hmm. cool for me. Yeah, and I and I think it's cool for a lot of people. Yeah, you can go see this. So, what uh, what else about the movie? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we'll go heavy and then light. Heavy yeah, yeah. And okay, then I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I thought the graphics were sweet. I thought the fight scenes were really cool. There, that first fight scene with Umbaku, mm-hmm. the man ape. My, I ripped all my nails off. I bit <laughs> them all off. I didn't rip them out, but I bit all my nails. <laughs> Like they were gone and my fingers were torched and, yeah. and I didn't even know I was You're doing very it. I nervous. So for nervous. The yeah, I see. And then like when he throws them off in the second fight with Killmonger, when he throws them off the cliff, yeah. my wife gasped like audibly, <laughs> like, <gasps> you know, and she was like holding her mouth like, yeah. and you're sitting there going, okay, he's got to come back. Yeah. He's in infinity. War. We know he, but, what? but like, how is it? What? Yeah. I didn't know how he was going to come back. He's stabbed and he's thrown off a giant, giant waterfall. waterfall. He's and he doesn't have the panther powers. I know. So I know. So he's just a human dude. Right. Uh, right. So and, the, and they let one. you linger for about 15, 20, like maybe 15 minutes or it's so long. without seeing him. It's a long time. And with his mother in grief, the poor woman? Yeah. The poor woman. Yeah. Oh, man. that uh, What's Lupita Nyong'o? What's her character? Uh, Shabiki or something. I can't think of her name. She's great, too. The love interest. Oh, you I, froze. You totally froze. Yeah. The women in this are super powerful and great. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about that. There's Black Panther, Killmonger... And then Circus and Freeman, but everybody else is like really powerful women, yeah. basically. And they're really cool. The Dora Milaje, yeah. the bald, bald-headed. This ladies. is coming out of nowhere, yeah. but I assumed that they made up a Wakandan language. No, that's it's, real. Yeah, those were real. It sounds were, awesome. Yeah, they learned real like, yeah. It it's really from, cool. I forgot now. It's yeah, from but, uh, an African country. But, the, but they the like, actually a bunch really of African countries. Like, taught themselves 
And it's the cool ones with like the throat noises with and the stuff. C- they sound yeah, awesome. Oh, it was awesome. The the costumes, I posted this on our Facebook page. The costumes were all inspired by actual tribes as well. Right. In Africa. So yeah. that is, man. With some poetic license. With some poetic <laughs> license. Of course. More embellishment and colors and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so cool. All right. Back to heavy stuff. <laughs> okay. That's it? Um, here. So here's how we're going to end this whole thing, I think. Before is, you end it, I think I want to interject something. I'm yeah, so please sorry. do. Please do. I, I do want us to not miss an opportunity to just say again, if you are a Christian, that should be your first identity. Yes. Oh, you're yes. not a white Christian. You're not a black Christian. You're a Christian who is black or a Christian who is white. That's fine. And both come with different experiences yeah. in America. And, and it doesn't make you exactly the same, but it does prioritize. And if your idea is how do we help the black church, I think you're missing it. Because it yeah. should be how do we help the church, including our brothers and sisters that are black. Yeah, and how do we help? And if your idea is how do we keep the church white, that's what? Well, like, then you're not a Christian. Like why? <laughs> yeah, what on earth? Yeah, read Revelation. say that? Uh, which we're about to revelation. do in just a second. So. I said revelation. Yeah, like revelation. child. Multiple revelations. <laughs> um, yeah, so here's what I want to think about as Jeremy says that as one tribe, as we are one tribe. Yeah. All around the globe, there are Christians right now who are dying, yeah. right, for their faith, being persecuted for their faith. And there may come a time in America where it's no longer white or black or, or you know, all these different, tr- whatever. It's every everybody who's religious is oppressed. Right. And it will just be Christian. Mm-hmm. That will be it. I don't think that's too far fetched because if you look back at church history, that's exactly what happened. It was just you were a Christian. Yeah. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch was a Christian, right? Um, we were all Christian at the end of the day, and what unites us is the blood of Christ. Yes. Is our unity with Christ. And so when we have this conversation, let's admit the sins of our fathers. Let's do it. Let's lay it on the table. Let's repent of that. Let's let's talk about how we move forward. How we press forward, how we fix broken systems. I want to do all that. Let's do it. Mm. Let's not use trigger words that have been invented by the media, right? Because mm-hmm. we go into that stuff. We know it's going to trigger each other. Let's try to, to speak with grace and mercy and peace. You know, let's... And hear with grace and mercy. And hear, right? And if we are triggered, like if we say something and you prefer to be, you know, if it's preferred African-American, like say that to me and right. I will gladly do that, right? Right. And so let's use, let's be accommodating to one another without accommodating without uh, far further from the gospel, right? The Bible has to be our plumb line, our ground line. We say, okay, our conversation starts with this is our foundation. Now let's go forward, right? Mm-hmm. But there has to be, there has to be a, an end goal, right. right? It can't be 50 years of my child uh, hating my child or hating your child or hate, you know, it can't be a hundred years more of us going, we, you know, a hundred years from now, we're still going to hate each other. It can't be that way. Man. We need to pray and expect God to move with our conversation, yeah. right? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think the the real hope we have in that is not in societal change. It's in God regenerating hearts. Yeah, spirit moving. Absolutely. Exactly. So as we think about that, let's say we go 100 years from now, and there's no longer all this stuff. We look back and we're like, man, it's just Christians now, and we're being persecuted, right? right? We're like, whoa, this yeah. is a post-millennial yeah, this is here we are, right? Okay, because that's my view of eschatology. I believe that it's going to be like that, right? Yeah. Uh, here's this guy named Martin Niemöller. I'm not sure how you say the last name, but he was a prominent Protestant pastor back in 1892 to 1984, and he emerged as an outspoken public foe of Adolf Hitler, okay? Uh, he spent his last seven years of Nazi rule in concentration camps. Here's his famous quote, and maybe you've heard it before. He says, first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. 
Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. And so if we do not speak up for refugees, if we do not speak up for our black brothers, if we do not speak up for all this, all these people who are really crying out for help and saying, help, help, we need some help. There's something broken here. There's something wrong. We need some help. If we as Christians close our ears to that, pretty soon we're going to look around and go, hey, they're coming for us. And they're all going to say, yeah, there's nobody, there's nobody left, Hmm. right? Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's us. We are Christians, and we, we have the last person we cry out to help for is our creator, right? The one who can actually make a difference. But why would we cry out to him last when we can do it now? Right, do it first. And, and band together now. Wouldn't it be beautiful if in the next 50 to 100 years, the church was known as the, the, where the movement for racial reconciliation started yeah. in 2018? Wouldn't right. that be absolutely gorgeous that whereas the world was fighting and arguing and protesting you know where it happened in black and white churches that were melded together under the banner of christ right because, absolutely gorgeous because they stopped worrying about being black first or being white first yeah and worried and, about and, being and, I, and when we say this first. i'm not talking about throwing away culture i do not want to no that's not, not what i'm saying you know and i get it i get i get white people sing different songs you know <laughs> i get it like i grew up like i'm saying i grew up in the south and i you know, I've been to both black and white churches, and it's vastly different worship. I get it. Right. Okay? Well, when it comes to music, I would like white music in churches to die off. Yeah, and we'll take <laughs> let's black kill music. It. <laughs> you know, but let's learn from each other, man. Yeah, let's yeah. learn from each other. I, you know, I have a friend who is in South Carolina, and he planted this church called Waypoint Church. Uh, I don't think he'll mind me throwing that out. Hmm. Uh, but it's the basic uh, basic premise of it was he wanted to find a church for multi ethnic church mm-hmm. for refugees. Yeah. Because there's a massive refugee pop population in South Carolina, and that church is blowing up, yeah. and it's and it's every color, everything you know, every name. It's beautiful, and that's the tribe. We are the tribe of Christianity. We are one, united in Christ. No Greek, no Jew, no male, female. We are one in Christ Jesus. Right. Um, and that, I mean, I wish every church across America, not every church, I wish a bunch of churches across America would be like that, multi-ethnic. That is a picture of heaven, yeah. uh, which we're about to read right now. Jeremy, you want to read? The only danger of a multi-ethnic church is if that's your priority over being a tr- yeah, Christian yeah, church. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you're right. You're exactly Sorry. right. Uh, I will read. Don't this. force it. Don't force. And things. don't let that be your main priority. Don't no. consider yourself a failed church if you have if you have people in the seats who love and know Christ. Yeah, but they're all white. I once said this uh, when I was preaching. I said, "When God paints, He paints in color." Mm-hmm. And the, so just let Him paint. Yeah, don't and he and force he did the brush. it. He's done it, and he's yeah. painted, and the colors of you know. It's beautiful. beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Cool. Revelation 7, in part, says this. After this, I looked and saw a multitude too large to count, from every nation and tribe and people and tongue, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell face down before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, These in white robes, he asked, Who are they? And where have they come from? Sir, I answered, You know. So he replied, These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. 
So that is a picture of the Christian Wakanda, the, the, where we all have everything in common. We are one united under our King Jesus. Uh, and that's, man, this side of heaven, that's not, it's not going to happen. But we hope and we long for that day, right? And so the thing, I guess Jeremy and I are always talking about balance, right? We want to have balance. And not only in our own lives, we want to be able to process culture in a way that is balanced and fed through the gospel. Yeah. And and this is such a touchy subject. It should not have to be a touchy subject, a black and white. Um, it shouldn't have to be, right? It shouldn't have to be prickly and controversial. But in the age that we live in, it has just become that. Yeah. There's there's buzzwords and trigger words, all these things. And so I think I think the first thing we gotta do is talk openly, frankly about it. We need to not scream over each other. We need to respect one another as equals because that's exactly what we are in Christ. We are absolutely equal in Christ. And we need to say, man, would you teach me? I'm sitting here ready to listen. I'm sitting here ready. Jeremy and I are here ready to listen. Mm -hmm. Man, we would love that, you know? Um, we even talked about we have we have a few black people we talked we thought about brothers who who we wanted to call on the show right and at the end of the day Jeremy and I were like listen yeah our skin color is white right we're both white but we we are believers and we you know right. we can we can have a conversation about this without having to try to be pandering right. and especially pander to them how I, I thought about how kind of rude that would have been to be like hey you're black would you come on our show and talk? Right. Like, we're, we're talking about black stuff yeah. this week yeah we did the same thing with you know when we saw wonder Woman. we we literally thought there and go we should get a woman on the show and stuff right. and there's there's i'm not saying that's wrong right. i'm saying there's absolutely something that a woman could have spoken into that right mm-hmm. and the same way a black person could have spoken into their experience talking to this but we don't need to pander right. like that or treat them like they're some other human species they're, yeah that's not Right. It's so I think we get caught up once again, we get caught up in American culture and we forget that the gospel says we're all united. We're all together in Christ. That's what puts us there. And we just need to be aware of our own sin. Like Jeremy said, Jeremy went a second time and he goes, man, I maybe what was that about? And we processed it. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing as I walk out of this building and I encounter people on the streets or I, you know, I see something and I, and I try to, you know, generalize a whole people group, mm. you know, or, or even hate a whole people group. Like what on earth? Why would I ever do that Right. as a believer? Um, so I think, man, thank you. Thanks. Thanks black Panther for the, for making us have this conversation yeah, and for making a great movie aside yeah. from all this. Yeah. A great movie, <laughs> uh, a great conversation. Oh, the last thing I want to say about movie, great art and culture and stuff like this is great movies make you think Yeah. and make you talk. Yeah. And I, I see great movies and even uh, sort of borrowing from like rap, right? what's happening with rap. I think why Christian rap has started resonating, mm-hmm. uh, whether you listen to it or not, it's modern day and even non-Christian rap. It's modern day parables is what's happening. And Jesus would tell a parable and the whole point of the parables was he was talking about you in the parable right. and they had no clue. But the ones who did have a clue heard it and go, Lord, wow, this is heavy, right? right. And so I left that movie going, Wait, were they? Was there something there they were talking about me in there, and I need to listen, right? Hmm. Uh, and so I leave movies like that, and it doesn't have to just be Black Panthers. All great movies, leave, you leave, and you go, were they talking about me, <laughs> right? Uh, I, you know, when you preach a sermon, and somebody goes, were you talking about me, right? And so the spirit resonates with with truth, um, and I left Black Panther resonating with the truth that was put forth there, uh, and it was good, yeah. right? Yeah, so it was really well told. Very, very Shakespearean. Uh uh, plot. If yeah. you kind of take a look at yeah, for at sure. That. There's and those are 
those are big, great stories that can be retold over and over and over again and never lose their, uh, their greatness because yeah. they're real. They're not, yeah, they're, they're truth. not forced. That's There's right. absolute truth in it. Yeah. So anyways, I hope, man, I hope you stuck around to the end here. Yeah, sorry I was so heavy. I feel like it was too heavy. No, it's fine. And we, not enough Bible. We get heavy and well, definitely not enough Bible. <laughs> but we get heavy some and the fact that we kept it heavy means we wanted to talk about it. So that's, that's good. Right. Uh and I you know if we'd love to keep this conversation going on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If you want to yell at us and scream, no, okay, <laughs> please don't do that. Uh if you want to correct us or, or say, man, that was cool, but this is what also I thought, man, yeah. do that. We'll listen. Yeah. We're not gonna get offended. By any of that. We've got a dedicated thread. So come to the Facebook page, join the yes. group, and then uh, there's a, a thread for comments galore. Yeah, the Black Nerd Panther. Gospel on Facebook. Uh, the last little thing I want to say is we're part of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Proud just, members. Proud members, that's right. That's right. Proud uh, secret members of the Secret Society <laughs> of Reformed Podcasters. And we just got a new podcast on there called The Confessional Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check that out. That's Chris Santola, I think, and Aaron Carr. Yeah. Uh, I just threw those names out. I hope those are right. <laughs> I'm Jeremy and I, if, if you've listened for any amount of time, you know we're horrible with names. Uh, that could not be their names at all. But that, it just, sounds right. It sounds right. I've sure. actually, I've probably listened to 10 or 15 of their episodes. Yep. They are very, very high quality. Yeah, and, so I can say that. Don't I don't know their names. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so go check it out. The Society of Reformed Podcasters. We're uh, really excited to be a part of those. Uh, what those guys are doing. They're yeah. all really great. And if you've never clicked over to that feed, again, I... We'll just keep saying this. They yeah. are really good. Yeah. And there's not one that's bad. So get on there and treat yeah. yourself. Except for the bad podcast. Oh, yeah. The yeah. bad podcast. The bad one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's marked. <laughs> so. Man, thanks so much for listening to this uh, Black Panther-themed episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I'm Heath. I am Jeremy. Or I am... What was our other name we were saying? What? I'm Frank. Oh, I'm Frank, too. <laughs> we were very frank. Stay nerdy. Stop.